reviewers are human beings and sometimes you like the idea of a product and sometimes you don't like the idea of a product. I thought, I was hoping the ABS would be good and it isn't. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, Single Track Podcast listeners. This is Mark here. I'm joined this week by Charlie. Say hello, Charlie. Watcha. And I'm joined by Benji. Say hello, Benji. Hello. Brilliant. Okay, we've got a lot to get through this week. We're going to do some, we're going to start off with a bit of news in brief, then we're going to move on to what's caught your eye this week. And then we've actually finally got an interview from Hannah um, with Vedangi Kulkarni, who um, is an Indian endurance cyclist. And in 2018, at the age of just 20, she became the youngest woman to cycle the globe. So that's coming up later. But first of all, let's kick off with a bit of the, the, the news that we've that we've had on the website over the last few weeks. And the first thing I wanted to kick off with was we've just run a story, British Cycling. British Cycling and Concussion. British Cycling now has a policy on concussion. And I've written here in my notes, I've written, at last. Because <laughs> they're they're a little bit they're a little bit um I don't know. Are they late to the game on this one? It's uh it's I mean it's a really, really important topic. And it we've been talk we've been talking about it for feels like we've been talking about it for years. So it kind of seems odd that British Cycling have waited till now to come up with a policy on it. But, I mean, it's a good thing that they have. What was the main thing? It was um, was it Dave Mirror. He was quite early on. This is um, yeah. uh, suicide that they thought was due to whatever in- induced concussion, some kind of depression, mm. I would imagine. That was the first so thing Dave I remember. Mirror, Dave Mirror, the BMX yeah. pro from years ago. Yeah. And the no founder way. of SE Racing. The from... founder of SE Racing BMX brand. Um, similar circumstances. So the, the thing going on there is it's kind of a micro-concussion where lots of small hits add up to the equivalent, the equivalent outcome of big hits. And when I read about this a few years ago, I was thinking, oh, blimey, all those years rattling around and 
40 millimeter tires, drop bars, no suspension, and rattling, <laughs> rattling around on rocky trails and going back up to pick up my fillings. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, you're just not using your natural shock absorbers in your arms and legs well enough there, Charlie. Truly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of truth in that, but it's, it's like, I think in cycling, you just it, mountain biking is just lots of small hits. And if you're riding a rigid bike, you know, some of that's going to get transferred through. There's, a, there's an obvious solution here. Don't ride a rigid bike, fundamentally. <laughs> I mean, that, not that's to make... catch twenty two, isn't it? I mean, you wouldn't ride a rigid bike unless you had brain damage. So, <laughs> there you go. Well, what what if you built a reputation of a uh, of a bike shop on rigid steel bike packing twenty nine ers <laughs> and fat bikes? What would you do then? <laughs> I mean, we're, we're making light of this, but I mean, it is a serious point. I mean, it's a good thing that British Cycling have done, and I think, to their credit, the reason why they might have been or they might seem like they're being a bit late, is because it's not a simple matter. I think if you go and look at the story, there's actually some really good comments. And one in particular I want to highlight is a comment from a user called Rexated, who actually uh, explains that he is a consultant neuropsychologist specialising in traumatic brain injury. So, And he's in the comments there explaining how it isn't really a simple issue and it is complex but this is definitely a move in the right direction and it's a good thing for us all to be aware of so i think everybody should go and check that new story out and read that and especially dive into the comments right i'm going to move on because uh, the other thing that's happened in the last week is we published a story about redevelopment at glentress which is uh, we, we were discussing just before this podcast i'm saying is glentress the premier Mountain bike resort of the UK? I would think... I don't know. It used to be, didn't it? My gut feeling would be Bike Park Wales would be, um, just by virtue of population um, nearness. Proximity is a good word. Mm. Um, yeah, whenever I see anyone going up uh, Peeblesville, it's to do tweed, isn't it? Golfy. Golfe. Which is... Um, but I don't know. Inderleithan's more a prominent resort than Glentress these days. In we kind my, of collectively um, just say Tweed it? Valley, don't we? Yeah, what do you call it when you're talking to people in your own bubble or whatever it is? Echo chamber. Oh. Yeah, they might. Echo chamber, chamber, Echo chamber. chamber. Everyone just does uh, golfing, but you know, I imagine it's rammed at Glentress with people who. Uh, um, I reckon the premier trail centre in the UK would serve better food in the cafe. And for that reason, the trails are great. The the food I have serious issues with. Oh, right. It's not been so for ages. Into it now. I don't know what would it be. It's probably changed hands <laughs> twice since I've been there. So that's what it used to do. I mean, I, I never, I didn't think it was, but I was up there, I don't know, six months ago. I wouldn't say it was right. bad. It's not notable. Uh, but uh, I guess, Charlie, you're, when it comes to food, you have you have certain standards. <laughs> I am a food snob. and, and You are. He heading north of the border is not the best place to start. <laughs> oh right we're going to get letters coming in from across the border about that one I was in Glasgow last weekend we had some amazing food I have to say just to try and head off some of those um, inevitable you know, complaints outraged of Dumfries <laughs> coming in there uh, anyway the, the actual news story is about redevelopment it's a good thing you know there's a yeah. lot of work going on at Glentress and I think it's actually tied in with the is it the world championships that's going on in Scotland Next, yeah. this year? Next year? Yeah, this year, I think. It'll be the um, marathon, is it? The marathon and the XC taking place at Glentress, I yes. think. 
that's right. All the it's track all cycling stuff's happening in Glasgow, and then yeah. all the mountain bike stuff is going to be happening in the Tweed Valley. So I think it's tied in with that. I mean, there, it's worth checking in on the comments Before on that we, and yeah. read that story, yeah. especially if you are a regular at Glentress, because the actual redevelopment does mean that, and I think a little bit controversially, the car park at the top, Buzzard Nest Car Park, is actually going to be shut. And uh, I'm not sure if that's a permanent closure because they're actually going to put accommodation up there. Where yeah. the free ride area is now at Glentress, I think they're going to build in accommodation into the forest, which I guess, well, I kind of like the idea of that, of getting out of your pod. I'm guessing they're going to be pods. They're all pods these days, aren't they, in the forests? Um, <laughs> it's the accommodation du jour, isn't it? Pod. Here's a pod. It's, it's just a, a hut. It's not a shed. <laughs> No, it's, it's not, not a shed. Price shed. It's, it's a pod. It's, it's just it's a pod. It's a pod. <laughs> Come out of your pod and uh, and then go straight into the trails. Could be quite cool. But anyway, that's that's Glen Tress. Well, I think they're getting Glentress. some more more kilometres of trail. I think so. They're taken away and then giving back, and but they're not given as many miles as they said they would. There's been some figures massaging or something. I think whatever audience used to do the um, the free ride zone is most definitely not there anymore because they will be over it. Dinners, and I think they think the plans have changed because then they got awarded after the it was ages ago. It was like two thousand and eighteen or something, and then they got awarded the world champs. And I think probably had to rejig the plans. Uh, the last thing I've got on my <laughs> actually not the last thing on here. I've got two things to go. Uh, it was Women's Day this week, just gone, and we are fundamentally not qualified at all to talk about this. So I'm a little, being a little bit cautious here because you know. There's, there's, we've got three blokes on this podcast this week. We shouldn't do it. So I'm just going to recommend that people go check out the stories that Hannah has published this week, including, I think the highlight is a story that came from issue 15 of Single Track. So we're talking 20 years ago. And it was a discussion on women's specific bikes between Jen, who was our deputy editor, and Jules, who's a long term contributor. And they were coming at the idea of women-specific bikes from two different viewpoints. And it's a really interesting take. I think basically what we've got there is two very powerful um, viewpoints about pro-women-specific bikes and also anti-women-specific bikes. You know, there is a view buried in there. It's not so much buried as put right out in front that it's actually possibly a load of marketing bollocks. Will I find the, uh, the words pink it and shrink it? You do, yeah, yes, those brilliant. are in there. But they're in inverted commas, so it's an ironic use. Okay. Don't worry, so yes. <laughs> but definitely, everybody should go check that out. That's really good. And lastly, the one thing I want to do before we get on to what's caught your eyes this week is I want to point out to everybody that we have crosswords now yes. on the website. <laughs> <laughs> Challenging crosswords. We've launched a crossword feature, so every Monday, we've called it Mental Mondays is what we're calling it at the moment. It, it, it may change, who knows. But it's all about testing your general knowledge about mountain biking. There's some cryptic clues in there. I'm not sure this is going to take over the difficulty of the Times crossword. We were just talking about this before, weren't we, Charlie? Yeah. So Because the, the, the success rate of, the, of last week's crossword, which is a members-only thing, by the way, but there's something there each week for non-members, so you can, you, can, you can definitely check it out anyway. But last week, I think the success rate was less than 10% because some of the clues were easy, some of the clues were hard. There was a couple of cryptic ones in there. I, I created last week's, by the way, so you can blame it on me. And I was, we were just talking, is that too hard? I, I like a tough crossword. I think it's because there's prizes here as well for winning. 
Who is it? Well, personally, my my puzzle stamina is low. And I I don't need a silly game to tell me I don't know enough. (laughs) I'm already aware of that. There comes a point... You know, I was, oh, get, get all the easy ones in. Okay, there's a few challenging ones. I mean, about, you know, two thirds of the answers in. I'm like, oh, just go away. Sod off. I'm going to do something else. So if, you, if, if, if I'm your typical audience, I don't think I am, but if I'm your typical audience, you need to make it easier. You need it a bit easier, do you, Charlie? Oh, I need there it is easier. A, there is a word search, you know. There's a word search option in there as well. <laughs> so there's, 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 also, there's also a jigsaw. Can we do dot to dot? <laughs> <laughs> they probably could. I could probably see if there's a doctor. There's, there's definitely there's a jigsaw. One of those. What do you call the sliding puzzles? I think you call them sliding yeah, puzzles. Sliding, tiny, frustrating, yeah. irritating puzzle. I find those really difficult. Those sliding puzzles. No matter. And and when we're setting them up, we can we can set them up as difficult as we want. You know how many rows. And I was setting them up as like the, the easiest one you can do is a two by two grid. <laughs> I'd still struggle. And, even, and, and that took me a while. <laughs> but anyway. Go check out go check out the crosswords if you're a full member. You can give those a go. There are prizes. So what was last week's prizes, Charlie? Was it an ironic prize? It was a puzzle. <laughs> it was it the was. single track jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> so, um, you know, if you're into puzzles, the prizes are puzzling too. Yeah, there you go. So and they'll probably come up with some other interesting prizes over the next few weeks, depending on whether it's popular enough. We'll see. This week's um, puzzle, which is out on Monday was actually it's 30 questions for the crossword and it was designed by Chips himself. I've checked out some of the... Uh, so I expect some historical... Um, just, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be diplomatic there. For the more mature retro. member. <laughs> yes, yeah, indeed. Okay, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. At that point, we will, we'll just take a short break, and when we come back, we'll find out what's caught Charlie and Benji's eyes this week. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Okay, welcome back. And now we're going to move on to a discussion of what has actually caught the eye of our single track team this week. So we're going to start off with Charlie. Charlie, what's caught your eye this week? Um, there ain't no crime if there ain't no law, which is um, a lyric by the damned. But uh, so in The Guardian, there's a jogging story which has parallels with the cycling world. So one of their columnists Loved running, really got into it, and then a lorry mounted the pavement, chased her, and said something along the lines of, I hope you get run over and die. And this was witnessed and still photographed and reported to the police, and nothing happened. 
And I, my first thought was like, yeah, so try being a commuter cyclist, <laughs> try being a roadie or something like that. I've had beer bottles thrown at me. I've rolled in the streets of people who tried, you know, tried to fight me. And it's it's a horrible world out there amongst the traffic. But then, um, so the, the police didn't follow that up until she contacted her MP. Then they followed it up and couldn't get hold of the driver, but could get hold of the trucking company. And it so it closed. And their advice was get a GoPro, you know, give us the evidence, and we can uh, and we can prosecute. So. Based on that, not based on that, that links nicely to my van being um, to by a, uh, another van. Um, a hit and run, you know, a smash and dash. Um, whilst my van, whilst my van was parked up, I managed to get CCTV from a local business. Witness um, all his details. He said the guy was on the phone. The police followed it up. Um, he admitted to being the only driver and having no insurance and the driver at the time. And you think, well, that's it. you've got CCTV, you've got stills, you've got witness statement, you've got a confession. So I followed it up um, some 18 months later. I said, you did nick him, didn't you? Because I'm still getting loadings of my premium for being an open case and stuff like that. And they, um, they said there was an admin error. And after six months, the statute of limitations or minor offences runs out. So we've done nothing about it. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Everything handed over. Did all the research, all the investigation myself. The insurance company had a recorded a confession as well. And there you go. And um, they've done nothing with it. So, so is that case still open on your insurance? It's still open. So the insurance company handed it over to solicitors to chase up um, the costs because he wasn't insured. Um, the first solicitor did nothing with it. So it's still open. I'm getting loaded on my motorcycle policies, my car policy and also um my partner is getting her policy loaded because i'm a named driver because there's an open case even though it was hit and run uninsured and so on so it's probably costing me an extra three or four hundred quid this year crikey yeah so so that's caught your eye this week so the um on the uh on the other side matt page who organizes battle on the beach the beach race down in south wales for, um on facebook he's he carries it wears a gopro or helmet cam and he's managed to get uh, one guy's gone to court in recent years from his footage, but he reported something like five um, near misses reported them using the online facility the police have, and that's resulted in two convictions. So it's not all doom and gloom. <laughs> if you do get the footage, the police sometimes do something. There we go. I'm not sure what we take from that, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> um, cycling on the road, it's dangerous because there's loads of cars and uh, and. Uh, proportion of those people who are, are assholes. Benji, Hello. what's caught your eye this week? It's nothing new. I think we've had it in um, Fresh Goods, not a review. It's coming to reviewing time now. And it's, um, it's a type of volume space that goes in a fork. And it's called True Tune is the company. They're kind of semi-affiliated with Manchester University. Well, certainly the technology is, which is activated carbon. And I am not going to describe it. <laughs> Benji is our tech editor. Yeah, normal volume space. So it looks very much like that, really. It looks about, I don't know, two or three inches long. And it just goes on top of the fork. Um, and unlike be... normal volume spaces. Give us on. a brief breakdown. Or give us a brief explanation for those that don't know. What does a volume spacer do? A normal volume spacer... <clears throat> is there to reduce 
the air chamber size in your fork, which is, it means you can run, it's a way of getting air springs to behave for people of different weight. So if you're a hundred kilos, you can run the same fork as me at 73 kilos. I would run it without volume spaces in so I can get all the travel out of it um, and still have it soft at sag. And you can run it soft at sag and have it to really ramp up at the last 25% of your travel if you weigh a lot more. So it's like a way of tuning the last bit of an air sprung fork or air sprung shock as well for that matter. Um, these volume spaces are really, really simple, ultimately, aren't they? They're just literally yeah, a like plastic Duplo. cylinder. You click yeah. it in, you to let all the air out, undo the top cap, click it in, put it back in. It's actually one of the... I think people think that oil's going to explode everywhere or I need to do shims or something. No, you don't at all. You can, if, you, if you can pump up a tyre, you can put a volume spacer in. So this one looks like a volume spacer. So you think putting something in your fork would reduce... The uh, volume of the thing you're putting it in, much like putting your finger in a full glass of water, will make the water come out over the top. Eureka and all that. Um, <laughs> this is made of something called activated carbon, which is something that is Manchester University, isn't it? They're very, it's like the graphene bods, aren't they? There's something about yes. Manchester University and super dinky carbon stuff. So, so does it compress under air pressure? I'm not explaining it, Charlie. It's a waste of time. All you need to know is me and God, He's me and Ross. It. Yeah, it's still got a bit of oil in because it's got lubrication oil from inside the uh, the fork. Uh, me and Ross, the other um, uh, fiddler at uh, single track, call this Tardis token, right? Because you put something what? in your fork that should make the air chamber smaller, and it makes it effectively bigger. No. Okay. Yeah, it's under. Um, who else uses it? Audi use it in their um, stuff. Um, we would. Anyway, we were talking about this in the office, weren't we? And yeah. I, you were trying to explain it to me then, and I was trying to just rationalise how it could possibly work. It's something to do with how air molecules attach to surfaces, and um, mm. but my point being of why I'm bringing it, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it because that's another thing. My main point being, my main point being, as a reviewer, am I required to understand this to tell you how it works? Uh, and I don't know if I am. Because I also think if you do fully understand it, you might start looking for it. But all I can say is how it uh, writes. And it is like, very similar to when you put something like a magnet chamber on a rear shot, which is literally a, a Gives you more um, volume, uh, more space. I think, yeah. I think I've figured out the science behind it. You see, I used to have a sixty kilogram basset hound who would eat anything, and he had active carbon tablets to stop him farting and smelling really bad. So maybe it stops your fork farting. Well, just, uh, <laughs> That's just, uh, active charcoal, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that a shot you can have? If, you know, yeah, I think oh, it's a shot of active charcoal. It's called activated carbon. Oh, it's carbon, this. So activated carbon, yeah. Um, so read about it if you want to have a go. People start to pipe up about something called Boyle's Law. And then... Um, Who's Law? 
I don't know, Susan Boyle, no idea. But anyway, uh, but there's uh, there's also something that I do know how it works, but I can't feel it working on the on the bike, which is ABS brakes. Um, uh, yes, which is on the same bike at the moment, ironically. So, who makes these ABS brakes? Magura. They've made ABS brakes yeah. for a while, and this is the latest version. Um, I can still get the front to lock up, um, and I've even not illegally, I've even ill-advisedly connected it via the Apple app and Ding Dong and set it to not off-road. I think I've set it to all-road currently, which is gravel, which they say should, the ABS anti-lock brakes, should cut in quicker. But still, I don't know. I'm still sliding around on mud with the front wheel locked up. So, Is it meant for like the sort of leisure commuter e-bike market, do you think? I think it's very aimed at... Um, People who need to grab a massive grab full of brake on a particularly unwieldy bike loaded with... I think it's for cargo bikes in mainland Europe. Yeah. Which I think is amazing, probably. But, um, putting it on... So, so, and I, I don't know. There's also things so the, like... It's just bike, the, the, the bike point of the lever's so far away that I can't even get any feel, even if I wanted to. So it's like fundamentally not a great so execution this is a of the thing. That you can grab <laughs> hard and the wheels don't lock up. Now... That's canty brakes. We've gone full circle. <laughs> <laughs> just stick. Yes. If you want news, just get an old bike out of someone's shed. Fiddle with your canty brakes for four or five days to get them set up. It won't make any difference how you set them up because they never worked. And they never will work. So brakes that don't, don't work. work is it? They're meant to, um, <laughs> I think it, it doesn't work on mud is my ultimate finding. It's all very well on like hard pack or anything that's like rock. You can probably brake as hard as you want. It's probably amazing. But, um, at the moment. It's, so um, yeah, so I mean, I I got a chance to, well, basically, I just car park tested them in Peebles in I think October or September. I think yeah, it was. Yeah, would have been. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was on a Mon Mondraker, I think. Is that what it's yeah, on? They're all the Mondrakers, um, yeah. crafty e-bikes. Yes, and there's an awful lot of gubbins that goes along with it. There's there's like multiple hoses going. It into looks the like brakes. telemetry, doesn't it? It's like ooh. it does. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's only on the uh, front yeah, just, as well. It's only on the front. I had Despite the fact there's sensors on the back as well. So how come it's got all the sensors and all the gubbins going into the back wheel and yet the, the ABS back, only works on the front? Because the back sensor is a lift sensor that is to... Uh, if it knows the back wheel's coming off the ground, again, I don't think it does this on anything that's off-road, but if you put it on urban... I don't even know what it's called, lower than city mode. If, if the rear wheel knows it's off the ground via the sensors at the back... That it would tell the front brake to let go, please, before you go the, over the, the bars or the whatever. Sensors, the sensors at the back will be measuring the speed of the bike. And if the front wheel's starting to lock up, it'll be going slower it, than the rear wheel, then it will know to lay it off. I think it probably is quite complicated. <laughs> it'll be involving <laughs> things like torque and resistance, won't it, and hub load. I don't think it's just doing speed, but it will factor that in as well. I had a, a ABS on an off road motorbike, a KTM 690, and it was great when you over brake and you're over cooking things and um but if you're going down slabs and things like that and you're relying on the front brake and it just suddenly just turns itself off and so you yeah. end up riding a lot faster than you planned yeah. <laughs> and yeah. um, i didn't like it didn't like it at all well the other thing is it's like it's almost as like a personal uh you get a, a reviewers are human beings and you, sometimes you you like the idea of a product 
But sometimes you don't like the idea of a product, <laughs> and then you realise that both things. Uh, I would. I thought I was hoping the ABS would be good, and it isn't. And I thought this carbon thing would. Well, maybe, maybe it's not total bollocks, but I thought it'd be like. Oh yeah, bet, bet the bet you can't really tell any difference. And it's amazing, and there's a big difference. So I totally usurped both. <laughs> I don't know what you call them. Expectations, prejudices. Because <laughs> um, this, uh, but you know, you can get like you put coils in forks, don't you? If you and yeah. avoid everything about the warranty, you can get them vorsprunged or pushed. You can put coils in, and it wrecks into all your the air, seals. Into your air, so, air shock. Yeah, yeah, so you can never run them as air ever again. That is no different than a volume spacer. So if you want to flog on your fork or make it air again for some reason, it's not ruined it. So although it costs 110, 120 quid, cheaper than Excuse a coil me? conversion. Well, cheaper than How the much does it cost? Oh, about 120 quid, I think, probably. Don't actually know. Uh, so it's 100 and summer. Um, but it's activated carbon, so that's... Yeah, which people are going to compare this because people are people. You can get volume spacers for 10 quid. It's not a volume spacer. It's a coil conversion kit in disguise that doesn't wreck your fork it, and you don't have to a... buy a spring that's your exact body weight. It's, it's amazing. I can't believe it is. <laughs> And go. and the and the point here is you've got actually no idea how it works. And I've not looked at it yet. I mean, you... I feel like I don't really. It's like when you, you I don't like. I don't think it serves anyone any good to find out loads of information before you use something because you're going in with loads of. Oh, that's that thing doing that thing. Mm. No, find if you can don't find the thing. See if you can detect the thing it's doing first, and then when you read about it. You can get, so that's what was causing that. But like you don't really want to know the geometry of a bike before you ride it or anything. Uh, mm. like it just uh, predisposes you to a certain outcome. It might be reviewed this coming week. When's this podcast out? Like, I was about to say, when, when, is, when, are we gonna, when are we gonna learn all about this new remarkable activated charcoal shot fork device? Probably be the week commencing March twentieth. Right. Okay. So next watch week's out. Probably a bit watch. optimistic, but yeah. Well, yeah, you've got all next week to actually learn actually how it works, haven't you? Mark, now? you just said activated <laughs> yeah. charcoal. I know I did. <laughs> oh, okay. I did that deliberately. <laughs> <laughs> so right on. Before we uh, disappear off and let uh, Hannah come in with her interview, uh, what have we got? What have you, it's the weekend for us here. We're recording this oh, yeah. on Friday. Uh, what are you up to this weekend, Charlie? Um, jeez, it's Friday, isn't it? Um, it's Friday today, all day. Uh, what's going on? Uh, tonight is Scout Sledging Night, so I'm going to borrow the snow bike out of Hannah's garage if I can. Oh, get... we have a snow bike! I forgot we have a single track snow <laughs> we bike. Do have don't a snow we? Bike. So I'm going to try. <laughs> it's, it's not a fat bike. It's a it's a suspension bike on skis. Yes. And so um, it's it's a pro- remarkably effective, and it's quite handy in the air. And I'm more confident over snow than rocks. It turns out. Um, and uh, I don't know, I'll make it up as I go on from there. I think it's uh, we've got snow all weekend, so I think it would just be dog walking and wine. <laughs> Good mix there. <laughs> Benji, what are you up to this weekend? Um, I think I still will be going out on uh, uh, maybe tomorrow, Saturday. Definitely Sunday, and I'll be riding something that is embargoed until the 21st of March. And it's a very big launch for a very big company. So Ooh. I shall be giving as much time to that as 
as uh, possible. And initially, seeing how it works in <laughs> which snow that is, I don't know. A few inches of snow outside, isn't there? Yeah, so, there is. Yeah, I shall be require. I shall be using it. I shall be on an uh, an assisted machine, so I'll be out there wearing how all much of snow my clothes. Have you got, uh, it's hard to tell, isn't it? Oh, look at the Benji's car. Benji's standing oh, up, walking out this window Two inches, maybe, but it's quite oh, it's right. good snow. We've got about a foot on the ground and drifts at, um, as high as dry stone walls up here. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. We are geographic. It's weird, isn't it? Because geographically, we're all within a, a ten-mile triangle of each other. Yeah. And uh, but yes, so I'll be going out and playing in the snow. And yeah. I might even get my... I've got a hill behind my house. I might even get the snowboard out and have a mess around on that. We shall have a see. Right, at that point, this is that's us for this week. So yeah, join good. us again next week. And right now, we're going to hand over to Hannah. Over to you, Hannah. Hi, so now I have Vedangi Kulkarni joining me. Hi, Vedangi. Hello, nice to be here. Um, and Vedangi is organising a MTB for All race up in Fort William. Uh, so I thought we'd catch up and see what that's all about. So Vedangi, what's different about your race? So through MTB for All, so first of all, MTB for All is a downhill man bike race. Um, what's different about the race? It's about making mountain bike racing more inclusive. And by that, I mean having categories for adapted bikes. I mean having categories for non-binary folks. I also mean just having the vibe as friendly as it can be and as welcoming as it can be. And yeah, I guess that's what I mean by creating that inclusive environment for mountain bike racing. And the idea is to do all of that without taking away from the challenge that man biking brings. Um, so the idea is that people will still ride technical trails, slightly harder level trails, but there will be beelines. There will be ways to make it easier for yourself, but there will also be subtle ways to push yourself to you know do the actual features so yeah that's that's basically mtb for all it's happening on 25th and 26th of march at fort william well at nevis range in fort william um and yeah i'm really excited for it so far i've got about oof, i want to say seven adaptive racers doing this thing so that's probably the most um we've seen so far because um i don't know if you in 2021 I organized the I organized first ever race for adaptive mountain bikes in the UK um that was down at Gorton Gorton Gravity Hub um and we had like two adapted races we had Casey and Spencer this year like yeah I'm thinking that we have got seven it's absolutely nuts I really I really hope everyone has a good time <laughs> and so um the if you want to enter first of all you go to the british cycling website is that right and enter yes there. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so on british cycling website there's the events page and on events page you can find um you can find mtb for all hyphen one um because i wanted this to be a series of events so one is just basically this is the first right. of them <laughs> so, and yeah. um it's 
50 pounds to enter and then another pound if you're not a british cycling member is that right like an admin fee yeah it's 50 pounds to enter and i think one pound admin fee whether or not you're a british cycling member but if you do want points from the race so i'm pretty sure this is one of the first races of this season um where you can get points and considering all the all the hype around the world champs happening at uh, Nevis Range, I guess this is your chance to race the same track that pros from all around the world will be racing. <laughs> cool. So, um, in terms of the like the race track, will everybody be using the same track, and then you just choose whether to have the B lines, or are there different tracks for different categories? Uh, everybody races the same track. That is the plan. So you start on the World Cup track. Um, you start on the Oakley Wall ride which is in the bottom section of the World Cup track. So to get there, there is a fire road to ride up or push up or whatever. Uh, You start from there, you go down, there is a river gap which has a beeline around it. Um, This river gap was broken (laughs) back in November when the race originally was meant to be. So that's why we had to postpone the race because it was really unsafe to ride because of the flood damage. Um, Anyway, so down from there, there's beelines around that. Uh, down from there you go on to you kind of get off from the world cup track and you go down one dot which is like an orange track but it's got you know really nice big berms and wide track and some jumps and then you go into the four cross track um, which is again like everything is rollable in there there is a little rock section you can either take that technical rock section or you can completely miss it and do a couple of rollable jumps on the side um, and then the four cross track basically joins back onto the World Cup track and there's a couple of, not a couple of actually, there's like three rollable drops if I'm not wrong. Yeah, there are three rollable drops before the finish line on the World Cup track. So I would say it's about two minutes long, the whole right. sort of trail. Um, but yeah, that's that's the track. Everything is rollable or or has a beeline. And yeah, the idea is that everyone rides the same track and, you know, still having some challenging bits to it because obviously you're going to find roots and rocks and, you know, somewhere like Nevis Range. Mm-hmm. And so uh, if, I guess if, like a bunch of women say wanted to enter uh, and they're all in the same age category one of them might turn up on a hardtail one of them might turn up on a uh, full suspension enduro bike one of them might turn up on a downhill bike and they would all be in the same category together if they were all the same age yes so oh, there's an open category actually so right. if this is your first race or if you're just not sure about the track or just not sure about the conditions, aren't fussed about the points, just join in the open category. Come here to have fun. Because I guess you can have fun in whatever category you're in. But um, if you're on a hardtail and if you're not too fussed about like the actual racing side, um, or I guess, yeah, if this is your first race, then yeah, join in for the open, uh, join in in the open category because... Um, yeah, that's what it's there for. So if you are an adaptive rider and you want to enter, what do you do? Because I see there's no category on the British Cycling website for entering that. Yes, that's correct. So if you're an adapted rider, uh, you get in touch with me directly on email, on Instagram, wherever you find it most comfortable. Uh, 
there's a page called MTV for All on Instagram as well. So look that up and you can get in touch on get in touch with me on there or my personal page at Wheels and Words. Um, so British Cycling actually don't um, like they don't have it through them. So um, this has to be run completely separately. Um, and it's the same event, but I've made it so that it's all together, but still separate. For example, the practice times and race times for adapted riders would be, say, in the first half of the day, and then two-wheeled riders for the second half of the day. That way, everyone's on the same track, the same thing is happening, but there is some separation between these two events. Mm. Um, it's the same race, it's still MTB for all, and that's the whole plan. Like, the idea is that everyone races the same track and has the same sort of challenges and yeah like that's that's sort of the idea also from the safety point of view um we've gone a bit above and beyond in putting this together so there's a whole like separate risk assessment done for adapted riders the track is wide enough for a bowhead bike or uh, whichever bike you choose to ride so i'm working with people who are able to tell whether or not the adapted bike of your choosing will be okay down this particular track mm -hmm. um but also i will be holding a separate briefing for the for the marshals and everyone to tell them the extra stuff to look for. So that's why I'm also looking for extra marshals at this race so that everything is as safe as it can be because yeah, this is my responsibility and I'm taking it very seriously. And you know, there's, there's a reason that adapted racing wasn't a major part um, in mountain biking before. Um, because, you know, like the governing bodies don't exactly support it that well. But now new things are coming up and, 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 and they are getting on board slowly but surely. And having races like these, like that's, that's the way they're going to get on board. So showing that this can be done, showing yeah. that we can be as organizers, as event organizers, we can be careful. We can have all of these measures, extra measures in place and that safely everyone can still have a good time on a on a bike i guess like that's right. that's the whole idea and i think showing race like this isn't like an example i think definitely hope i mean fingers crossed that you know scottish cycling british cycling get on board <laughs> yeah so you are kind of you're groundbreaking here for the uk's adaptive racing because in the us we've seen in the past uh 12 to 18 months there's been an increase in in adaptive absolutely racing. yeah and I, some of those courses are gnarly <laughs> i know i've been actually speaking to some race organizers up there about how they do it and how they make it safe and, you know, where do they get the insurance from and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, because currently I'm having to tell all the races to arrange their separate insurance and that that's possible. And, you know, but but still, how are like North American countries doing it? So mm -hmm. I've been I've been talking to those race organizers about it. Um, but yeah, in the UK, this is very new. I think my race, a couple of races down down south, but also Malvin's Classic. I remember last yeah. year had an adaptive category. But yeah, it all started two years ago, November 2021, actually, at uh, that race in Gorton, mm -hmm. Gorton Gravity Hub. 
<laughs> uh, it was it was proper stressful organizing that one because I didn't know a lot of people in mountain biking, well, cycling industry in general, but also I knew nothing about organizing a mountain biking race. Um, I, as an endurance athlete, I just had the sponsors that I was working with. And so they got on board and they said that, okay, these are the people we know. These are the people that can provide you with prizes and stuff. And I don't know, like I knew nothing about organizing a race. And I still am quite shocked that that race was quite successful. Like people were emailing me for months after saying that, you know, they've been to other races since and that, that, that that race was the most fun they had oh, and God. i i don't know how that happened but we had like over 40 women that we nearly 25 percent of the field was women like that doesn't happen in downhill downhill racing does it mm. i mean you know so it was it was really cool and i want to like you know the reason i talk about like inclusivity in mountain bike racing is because there needs to be more of that and that can only happen when that vibe is created when the messaging is fun. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think grumpy. a lot of people um, <laughs> that are like having a go at an event for the first time might go to something more like a festival or an enduro because there's a sense that you kind of get to hang out with your mates and you get more riding across the course of a weekend, whereas sometimes the perception of downhill is kind of you stand in a queue waiting for uplift and you <laughs> get three runs down in a weekend and you probably spend half your time on the ground God, falling yeah. off if you're a beginner yeah. as well. Yeah, my, my first man bike race was Ardrock last year and it was absolutely nuts. I don't, I don't think, like, I... I couldn't believe that for my first mountain biking race, there were bits that I was meant to ride fast blind. It mm. was like the whole concept was so nuts to me. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm really happy that I, I managed it because since then, like now I've signed up for Mega Avalanche. Um, oh, okay. I hope you've got a <laughs> <is> full set <laughs> of paths. And nothing yeah. important to do in the weeks afterwards. <laughs> I, I know, right? Well, nothing important. I just have a little man biking holiday in Morzine coming up <laughs> the week after. Um, well. But yeah, all in all, yeah, it should be fun. <laughs> cool. So um, I guess you're you're kind of uh, ploughing the way for uh, the adaptive categories in the UK. Um, and hopefully that's something that will grow. I mean, the, the technology on the bike side of things has moved on as well as I guess the medical outcomes for people who have kind of spinal injuries or, or disabilities that might stop them previously of getting onto a bike and or getting out there and kind of enjoying the outdoors so it seems like this is probably a, a field that can only grow absolutely um, <laughs> is your sense that uh, there is support from the sporting bodies to to like are they looking at you going, what the heck is she doing? Make it go away. Or are they looking at you and going like, yeah, this is interesting. Tell us about it. Um, well, I'm trying to go for the latter. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really hoping that that's what's happening, that that they're more curious about how this is actually working out. And I guess that's what's keeping me motivated to some extent as well, because once the governing bodies get involved anything like this really like does blow up mm -hmm. you know so then it's gonna get even bigger and better and and i guess better organized as well because there's some money it behind it. it it should at least make it easier for organizers to deal with some of the administration or the insurance as you say like if there is yeah, a yeah. format to like this is what you do 
yeah um, rather than having to reinvent it every time as an individual <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 quite interesting so currently one of the safety measures i have in place is that every adaptive rider when they're doing their practice run or race run should have a two-wheeled rider riding behind them um, and that's like one of the safeguarding rules um, and I I don't know why I thought that was a good idea but it worked last time you know mm-hmm. because there were some corners where I remember like Casey needed to needed some help to get, get round or like you know the bike she wasn't quite used to the bike because it wasn't the right size something like that and the rider behind on an able-bodied rider on a two-wheeled man bike was able to sort of help with that mm-hmm. and that still counts as a race run you know, yeah. like it's not it's not one of the purest bike packing. Gotta be unsupported and solo and no. all that. Well, like this is very I, much yeah. This is very I, much still a work in progress. Yeah, well, I think that makes sense. I was out on a ride um, with Neil from um, mm. the Experience Kick, and uh, Neil he, Russell. He, yes, yes. He oh, came he's out. Amazing. On he's his, helped me out um, so much. His previous uh, lasher trike mm. before he got his new one and um well he needed his new one after he'd been out for a gravel ride with us because his bike broke on a descent and um it really illustrated how you were completely stuck at that point and if he'd been on his own he'd have been left there it was a spot with no phone reception mm. um and like you get cold quickly when you can't like yeah. you, c- mm-hmm. you couldn't just get up and walk out that wasn't an option like if my bike broke i would just leave it yeah, there yeah. or I'd push it out or I'd carry it out or whatever but that wasn't an option for him so like between us all we like had to keep warm and uh, eventually I managed to get a Land Rover from a farm that came and picked him up and then took him into town and then he could get back to his car and that kind of thing but it was yeah it was quite an illustration in the fact that um, you do need a little bit more mm. consideration like going off into the wilds by yourself where there's no phone signal probably isn't the 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 greatest option yeah Yeah. but no i'm really hoping that races like this set an example to the fact that this can be done Mm -hmm. with difficulty but it is possible and you just gotta want to organize something like this I, i think there's a lot of unbotheredness sometimes it's like a very British thing. Until I came to the UK the first time, I didn't even know that oh, I can't be bothered was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the term? Oh, I can't be arsed, that one. <laughs> so I, I, I think there's a lot of that because I was a bit like, oh, if, if it's hard, we can, we can still do it though, right? It can still be done though. And mm-hmm. oh God, like, when I organised this in 2021, it was an absolute nightmare. I was crying probably every single day. And I remember my partner telling me in front of me, this is fine, but people are not going to take you seriously if you do this. <laughs> and when you're talking to them, just tone down the desperation a little bit. <laughs> and I was just like, but I don't know anything about this. I need help. <laughs> well, but, it seems like that was a success and you've forgotten mm. about the challenges of it. So I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm very glad that uh, you can be bothered to do it again. Oh, um, <laughs> apart from getting people to head up to the Nevis range and enter and race, is there anything else that you need for, for that weekend that maybe people listening might be able to help you out with? Um, yes. So I need marshals. <laughs> because as, ever, as I said, yes, yes any, as any ever. Any race organiser needs that. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So I definitely need help with marshals. But also, I've realised that this race doesn't quite need chip timing. So 
I'm I've, I've currently kept like all the quotations from uh, people who do timing equipment on hold because they all offer chip timings and it's all very expensive. This is a not for profit race, so I'm not making any money from this. But also, I'm I'm anything. All the proceeds basically go to Wings for Life or someone who's currently recovering from a spinal cord injury. So I need to keep the costs low. So if there's anyone who offers um the laser timing system. Um, I'm already speaking with a couple of people about this, but, I, you know, in, in case nothing comes up from there, if anyone knows, like, anyone with access to the laser timing system, please do help me out. And, um, yeah, I, I think I have come to a point where I've I've currently accepted the fact that I'm going to have to go on Amazon and probably buy those radios that Marshalls use. Walkie-talkies, <laughs> Your yes. walkie-talkies, because I... I, I've I've been looking at places to hire them out and yeah, no no luck so far. Uh so again, this is something I'm speaking with someone like later today. But yeah, if you have access to them, that would be great okay. help too. <laughs> uh currently I, I I every time I ask for help, it just makes me sound a little less organized. But I guess it's all part of the process and I'm currently saying no to anything that's too expensive, so you know, it's not like there aren't options. It's just mm-hmm. the options are really expensive and I'm still raising funds for this. I have like what, one and a half more grand to raise before the race because I can't, I can barely afford the venue fees at this point. Luckily, it's all to be paid after the race, but still, you know, okay. um, I know, I know this is all possible because the first time round, I had six weeks to organize the whole race um, at Gorton and it was possible it was done it was great so I'm 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 fortunate that I know people and brands that can help out with things it's just helping out getting the help like quick enough mm-hmm. to pay people on time and stuff <laughs> um, well uh, it sounds like an awful lot to do so if people are listening and think yes I can help out in some way then get in touch with Fadangi um, and if you can't help out but you want to race then it's the 25th 26th of March mm-hmm. yeah. yes. this year so uh, thank you very much Fadangi thank you for being bothered and, <laughs> uh, and all the best with the race thank you so much thanks for having me Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.